Hey, welcome back to the Cage Talk Podcast. I'm Ryan Walk here with Luke Pastor. And Luke, a lot has happened since we last spoke. You know, the main headline since we last were here was that Alex Pereira beat Israel Adesonia, knocked him out in the fifth and final round to become the new middleweight champion. We're also going to get into everything surrounding UFC 282 and last week's fight night. But at first, what did you think of, you know, Alex, you know, knocking out Izzy? Because to me, I... Uh, like most people, had Izzy pretty much dominating that fight about three to one at that point. Yeah, well, it was crazy because it was almost deja vu of the Usman fight where the you know the champ was defending his belt the whole fight, winning the whole fight, and then right at the end, right at the last round, he just gets stopped, gets you know TKO right at the end. I mean, I was shocked by it. Definitely was not expecting it, but yeah, I mean, it goes to show that Pereira just that that power he has is so powerful i mean one punch and he can end it like that yeah and something it was a it, it was i mean obviously the comparison was i mean it's good and it is a fair comparison to the when leon edwards knocked out with the head kick to um kamara uzman a couple months ago but i mean this fight or that that fight had a, a lot less time left um than this fight um and yeah this is just to me it's also just different because i mean is he just dominated dominated throughout the fight he controlled the pace like he normally does but I mean we did see parts in that fight of Alex you know displaying his power still I thought he wasn't really aggressive in those third and fourth rounds um and he he did you know in his corner they said they were screaming at him and said if you want to be the champion this is this is this is the final round you got so he did it um but yeah, how, how do you kind of like look at this? Because to me, it is a weird one when anyone comes back and wins after being up so much. Like you said, we saw with Usman Edwards, we saw it with Yuri Glover. Um, yeah, what do you think about that? Uh, I don't know. It kind of makes me think: was there any like doubt in Izzy's mind? You know, he lost to him twice, so that had to be in the back of his mind. And I wonder if that came into his mind at all in that last round. Like, hmm, wow, okay, one more round, I got to finish it here. I've won the first four going to come down to this and you know maybe those thoughts start creeping in he starts losing a little focus and then next thing you know Pereira's got him on the cage just pounding him yeah I mean I th I felt like throughout the fight you could tell that when Pereira kind of pressed forward you know it kind of left Izzy in a weird situation because Izzy is the smaller guy like physically you know we know Pereira couldn't fight at light heavyweight has um in kickboxing um, and when he walks him down, he's so powerful. It is scary to see. And something in a position that Izzy hasn't been in in a very long time, you know? Well, yeah, I was going to say, Izzy really hasn't fought anyone bigger than him, like, that I can think of in his title reign. I yeah, mean, no, no, that's that's totally true. Um, he hasn't. Some things we saw in this fight that we didn't in the past is we saw some takedowns. Um, each fighter had one apiece. What do you think about that kind of? mixing in the takedowns which you know we didn't really expect to see from these two yeah i mean i don't think they were a big part of the fight but it was interesting to see Pereira take down izzy that one time um but you know neither of them really did much with the takedowns i mean izzy basically run one around there i mean with in, the takedown yeah and uh, yeah. i think it was like the second round i think or third yeah. um yeah. so yeah i think that was important but i feel like izzy he never really got i feel like he he did land some great shots, but I don't think 
he really put together a bunch of great combinations. Besides that first round where, I mean, if he had 10 more seconds, who's no, who knows, he could have ended it there. But, yeah, besides the end of that first round, Izzy did not really land anything too big, I don't think, on Pereira. Yeah, no, he didn't. And, you know, Izzy wasn't very aggressive himself in the late fourth, fifth round, as we know. But then again, I mean, that's been his game plan throughout his title fights. It's a smart game plan. I mean, he was up basically three and a half to one rounds I'm, I'm saying there and you know it, it took a crazy comeback and Alex I mean has that you know that power I mean Izzy did say in the first round he did um he struck like his perennial nerve in his leg which you know causes when he slipped I think he was in the first second round and he tumbled over that was because of that it, he kind of loses his um footing and that um kind of he said that was a reason why you know his footwork didn't look as clean and he kind of was did look appear to be nervous or kind of weird in the pocket in that late fifth round and what about everyone's been talking about it I mean there hasn't been too much debate about it I don't think it was a bad stoppage at all but what did you think of it yeah we could get into that um right away I thought it was a little bit of a early stoppage I wouldn't say it was like the worst I've ever seen I'm not saying that but I didn't think I did think it was a bit too early because Izzy, I just think for the guy who was a top three fighter pound for pound, a guy who defended his belt five times, and one of the best fighters in the sport and of all time, I just think he deserved to be knocked out. I don't think the I don't think Israel Deslanya deserved and should have been you know TKO'd standing up. He didn't even get he didn't even drop to the ground. He was still. Um, he was still like kind of moving a little bit. He was putting his hands up. I just don't think in that level of fight, I'm not saying Izzy would have came back because I don't think he would have. I thought it was over, but I'm just saying that I, I think he deserved better than that. Yeah. I mean, it's just, a, it's just such a dangerous situation. Cause I mean, who knows one more second, he could take a knee to the head and then Izzy's unconscious on the ground. And I mean, as much as people want to say, yeah, I want to see Izzy go out like a champ and get knocked out. I mean, no one really wants to see Izzy unconscious on the ground. So, I mean, the ref did save him from that at the very least. Yeah, I mean, all three of these fights, or the last two at least, have kind of gone really the same way. I mean, Izzy was dominating the last kickboxing match, um, and he knocked – that one was really weird. If, if you remember, he knocked his, or he knocked Alex – you know, he was nearly unconscious – and they got like a 10 count. It was a generous count. Alex came up and then, you know, finished him in that second fight. In the first fight, um, a lot of people thought Izzy won that fight too. So this is a really weird trilogy. Personally, I don't really look at like, oh, they already fought three times. Like, why would they fight again? I personally think this is like a, a new chapter, a new book. And I think there's, I think 100% they fight again. What do, what do you think about that? Yeah, no, it's a totally different like series now. I mean, now... Prayers up 1-0 in my eyes. I mean, you can't count the kickboxing fights. It's a totally different sport. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it'll definitely be interesting to see them fight again. And, I mean, <laughs> although it is a new series, he has lost three times now. So I'm sure in their next fight that will be weighing on Izzy's mind. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, a lot of great fighters, you know, Pierre George St. Pierre lost early in his career, came back. I, I, and I feel like... You know, two of the best fighters in the world, you know, Kamar Usman and, you know, now Israel Adesanya find themselves in that similar situation where they got to bounce back. And personally, I think this could be for the best, you know, because a lot of these champions, they get complacent. They're not as aggressive because they don't want to risk everything. But 
you know, I think we're going to see a different Izzy in the next fight because I think he's going to be more aggressive. He's going to press the matter. And I, I, I still think, I mean, you know, he lost, but it's like it's such a crazy way to lose because when you're winning and you did so much right and everything, and, and you know, he took him down for the round, which he, he mixed in more than he used to. And, and doing that is really hard as Alex is such a big guy to get down to the ground. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he did. He, he fought great. But, you know, then again, there's some people in this sport that just have someone's number. And yeah. right now, Alex has Izzy's number. There's no question about that. Well, it's a crazy sport, and there's no other sport like it where you can dominate for most of the fight or most of the game and then lose right at the end like that. You know, any other sport, you dominate the whole game, you're up by a lot, you're not going to lose by one score right at the end. So Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was pretty crazy um, of a fight. And just to see that happen again, Tizzy, you got to feel for him. Um, he was... He was one of the, I mean, he did a few podcasts and a few interviews after the fight, then days after, and, I mean, I've never seen a guy that um, kind of calm and kind of, he's just so sure of himself after, and I kind of applaud him for that because not a lot of guys show up days after a, a loss like that. Yeah, I mean, he definitely, he honestly responded exactly how you would expect. I mean, he's always carried himself like a champion. He's always carried himself like, he knows that he's one like the best in the world, and that didn't change after the loss. So yeah, and I think I mean the same goes for Usman, but same with Izzy. I mean to have a guy like that who is now chasing the champion to me is just scary because um, Alex, I mean, has looked I mean great, obviously, but I still think Alex has a lot of room to grow. He's a lot to put together. He's shown the power, but um, I think he. It's just crazy how much potential he has because if he puts it all together, he could be really dominant. Um, but, yeah, I I still think right now, I mean, I still think Izzy's an overall better fighter. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. And, I mean, the obvious thing to say is let's see Pereira fight a wrestler or someone who could fight on the ground. And, you know, it'll come down to whether he actually stays on the ground because he's so big that even if he fights a wrestler, I think, that wrestler is going to have a tough time holding him down when, you know, he's weighing in probably around 230 for the actual fight, 225, 230, so. Yeah, and, you know, a wrestler that has called him out um, quickly after this fight is Hamzat Tremaev, who, as we know, is in the welterweight division, has fought in middleweight before, um, but but what, what do you think about a potential fight there? Do you think that uh, Tremaev could be the guy to take um, Pereira down if Izzy doesn't? Yeah, I mean, we haven't seen Chemayev really get... I mean, he got challenged against Burns for sure. But other than that, we haven't seen him get challenged too much. But again, the size thing, as big as Chemayev is, he's not as big as Pereira. You know, fighting at 170, um, you know, he's he was having problems making 170, so he's probably going to go up to 185. But even being at 185, he's still probably going to weigh 20 pounds less than Pereira. Yeah, so. I, I think Chemayev is... He's just a weird situation. There's some people where their weight and how they look doesn't, you know, kind of verify how strong they are. Because when you look at Jemayevit, you're like, oh, like, you know, he is kind of skinny. He's in great shape. Um, but it's like, I just think he has superhuman strength. I mean, the way, like, I know it was Kevin Holland. We'll get into him in a, in a couple of minutes. Um, but, like, Kevin Holland is a tall. He is a big guy. And he just, I mean, tossed him around like a rag doll. And, you know, I, I, I think Jemayev can take... Pereira down. Um, I think he's so skilled everywhere. I think 
He's such a great striker, too. I think he showed in the Burns fight that he can go in a war and win. Um, and I think he is. He's, he's really aggressive. He's more aggressive than Izzy. So I, I think that would be a really good fight. Yeah, I think Jemayev would be an awesome fight against Pereira. I mean, he, like you said, he looked really, you know, he finally got tested in that Burns fight. You know, we need to see him get tested a little bit more, see him go like five rounds. But, um, yeah, I think that would be a really good fight against Pereira. Yeah, the, the final thing I want to say about Chimaev is if it's welterweight, middleweight, I mean, that guy is well overdue at this point for a championship fight. I think we could agree on that. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I, I just I, I'm really tired of seeing him, you know, fight these guys that we just know he's going to win, like the Kevin Hollins. Um, the Burns was a good test, but even the ones before that, you know, weren't really a test. So I just want to see him in a title fight. I think he's ready. He's earned it. Just, I mean, he's earned it just as much as Pereira did, who fought a lot less times. Um, only took three fights, I believe, to get to a title fight. Um, so, yeah. Well, it's interesting because I feel like you got to give Izzy the next chance against Pereira, right? So then who do you give Chimaev to? I mean, I personally, the way I would do it, I wouldn't give Chimaev the middleweight shot. I would, give, I would give it to Izzy. I'd run it right back there. But I would give Izzy, I would give Chimaev. Um, the first title shot, the first um, title defense for Leon Edwards. They've had a lot of history. They were supposed to fight three to four times the past couple years. All got canceled. I think they should do that. I mean, we haven't really heard much from Usman. If Usman does want to fight right away, I would give it to him. But, I mean, Chamaev just in a really weird spot. And I just think that he deserves a title shot in one way or another. Yeah, and that's well. That's if he is staying at 170, right? Which we don't really know if he. I think he said he is, but it's like we don't know what to believe yeah. with the guy. He tweets everything. He calls guys out from multiple different weight classes. Um, so yeah, I don't really know, but he just would have kill everybody. Apparently. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he is, and he'll fight. And any, I think he is a weird scenario because the guy always wants to fight, and I think he will fight at both weight classes eventually. But any other final thoughts on the Izzy Alex fight or any? thing um about the future of those two no man just a crazy year where who yeah. would have thought Usman and Adesanya would both not be champs at this point yeah I mean th based and, and in a couple of months I mean Alex is fighting um Islam Alex as we know is number one pound for pound so that could be like the three from just like like six months ago basically the three pound for pound top guys in the sport could all potentially lose which is Crazy to see, uh, crazy times. I think the competition competition level is really great right now. But, Luke, let's move on and talk about last week. Before we get into UFC 282, there was a great fight night. One of the best fight nights I've seen headlined by Steven Wonderboy Thompson, Kevin Holland. Um, Thompson finished him by TKO um, in the fourth round. What do you kind of think of the fight and that stoppage in the fourth round? I mean, that was one of my favorite fights I've ever watched, to be honest. I mean, just a striking kickboxing match, basically, back and forth the whole time. But, it, I mean, the stoppage itself, I thought it was a great stoppage because Holland, to me, looked completely out of it after that fourth round. Even after the third, you could tell he was kind of, you know, out of it. Um, but his corner gave him another chance in the fourth. And then that's when those, those he spinning heel kicks that Thompson was throwing really caught up to him and, he ate a ton of those. So. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think they they right away they said they stopped it because of like his hand. I think they were yeah. checking out because I think he broke he did broke multiple bones in his hand. I think, 
But um, yeah, like I totally agree with you. This fight was incredible. It was just great to see. I was just thinking because a lot of these legends we always see in that you know whenever they're at that kind of turning point of are they gonna still contend and compete at a high level or are they gonna retire or near retirement and thompson proved that i mean he was already ranked six in the welterweight division but he proved he's a title contender for that welterweight division i mean it is a stacked division as we know but i mean wonder boy was just incredible i mean constant you know aggression which we don't we haven't seen in a while um you know the head kicks the the striking ability was just on a different level um in the first round kevin holland did win um that round um i thought he was going to finish him at one point kevin holland looked great in that round and then kind of i mean i think this has been a big part of kevin holland's career is that he's not the smartest fighter you know he doesn't you know we know he's the fun guy he talks during the fight this time he had the crazy hair um but it doesn't seem like he kind of it's just like he doesn't make great decisions you know when like he has someone hurt he doesn't press and you know throughout this fight he just he didn't put enough pressure on well yeah there were the moments where holland had him down on the ground and a lot of people thought he should have jumped on him and ground and pounded him and fought fought him on the ground where he had the advantage and he didn't do that because he wanted it to be a stand-up fight which i get he wants it to be an exciting fight he wants the fans to enjoy it but I think at a certain point, and obviously this is all in retrospect, it's hard to say this in the moment, I'm sure, but looking back, it's like, you know, he probably should have taken him down and probably should have taken advantage of when he had him down because it seemed to come back and bite him in the ass a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, it was just crazy. I mean, his ability to stay in the fight, you know, basically when it got to like the late second, third round, I mean, he Colin was basically done. He was just standing there taking... It's, I mean, I will say he might have the best chin in the sport or one of the best. I've never seen guys take that much damage. And, like, it's like in the first, second rounds, he was taking those kicks, punches, and he wasn't even getting phased. He was just standing there. And some of those, like, liver kicks and body shots, those were gnarly. I mean, he, I he remember. Hit him, he hit him with one yeah. in, like, the third round maybe. And he, you could tell he, like, held his, his – uh, Yeah, his, I think he like, said something. Yeah. He was like, yeah, he, he looked like he was going to just drop there. Well, I remember he took that liver kick. He, he might have said something to him, and then he immediately lunged him for the takedown, I think. so. Yeah, I mean, that was that was great. It was great to see Wonderboy back. I mean, I, I don't really know who I want to see him next. I mean, I would maybe like to see, I think, a rematch with him and, you know, Jorge Masvidal would be a good rematch um, for him to, you know, Masvidal revenge that loss and – Thompson maybe, you know, take him up a little bit because, I mean, Masvidal is still a big star, although the the recent losses. Who do you want to see him fight? No, I think that would be a great fight. I mean, obviously, I'd like to see him fight a striker because we see what happens when he fights a striker, just fireworks. But um, I think Holland also, he broke his hand in that fight as well. Yeah, so. no, no, Holland did break his hand. Or not Holland, sorry, or, Thompson broke oh, his hand yeah, as yeah. well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that – yeah, that was great. I mean, Kevin Holland, yeah, he's really exciting. All his fights have been exciting so far. Um, but, yeah, I thought that was a really great fight. But the, the great action didn't stop with that. Um, there was a lot of great fights before that. Probably the the biggest, most dominant performance of the whole night was by Sergey Pavlovich. Um, he dominated Ty Tuovasa. 
you know, he knocked him out in under a minute. I mean, that was one of the craziest, quickest knockouts I've ever seen. I mean, because, you know, we've seen the Jorge, you know, like like uh, whatever that was, you know, seven, ten seconds. We've seen the really quick ones. But this, he knocked him down three times. I mean, this was like never in doubt, full domination. It was just crazy. Yeah, Sergey is one of those guys that I feel like he's kind of flying under the radar a little bit right now, but he hasn't lost since 2018 when he fought Alistair Overeem in his first UFC fight. So this guy is, I don't know, he's on a crazy run right now, and I feel like he's probably you know in the next spot for a title shot for that heavyweight division. I mean, obviously we don't know what's going on with the whole John Jones and all that, but... Yeah, the heavyweight division has, you know, as we know, it's been on hold for the last... Yeah. You know, year or so, John Jones, is he coming back? Is he not? And Ganu, the champ, um, contract issues, and he was hurt. Um, but yeah, it seems like all this by, like, in the next couple of months, hopefully it'll get resolved. It does seem that, you know, John, it seems like for the March pay per view, they're, or for one of the March pay per views, they actually announced they're having two March pay per views um, for this upcoming year. One of them was announced to be in um in England that's March 18th but the one they're targeting Ngannou versus John Jones for is in or March 4th it's taking place in Vegas but I the, all the rumors lead that Curtis Blades would face John Jones if Ngannou can't because of his knee that would be an interim title fight um most likely so it seems like Sergey's just behind that but I mean he's definitely in the next you know, couple to get a title shot. Yeah, I mean, he's got one, two, three. He's got six knockouts in a row, or seven knockouts in a row. Um, and, uh, you know, beating Derek Lewis and Ty, two top heavyweights. I mean, it's impressive stuff. And the way he stopped them, you know, in the first round so quickly. Yeah, no, if um if John fights, if John does fight in Ganu, that does happen, which we hope it does early March. I would hope they book as soon as possible Curtis Blades versus uh Ser Sergey um I think that'd be a great fight Sergey moved up to number three um to pass Blades in the rankings but yeah I think the heavyweight division is really good right now it's maybe the best it's been in a couple of years there's a lot of contenders a lot of great fighters that is if John Jones does fight which we hope we see him again but another fight that was really great on this card um there was probably two others I wanted to talk about real quickly was another veteran that was great to see back was RDA. I mean, Rafael Dos Anjos um, was unreal. I mean, he submitted Brian Barberina in the second round. Um, this just seemed like vintage RDA. Yeah, it was really fun to watch him fight. I always like watching Dos Anjos fight. Um, but yeah, I mean, a legend. Uh, he looked really good, I thought, against Barberina on Saturday. And I saw him call out Connor at the end of that, right? Yeah, that'd so. be that would be that'd be a great, you know, historic matchup. Two legends of the sport. They were supposed to fight a couple of years ago, never happened. But I don't know if I love the stylistic matchup for Connor. I mean, as we know, he's you know like Wonder Boy. He's better against the striker. But I still think that would be great. Um, it'd be it'd be really good. Um, whenever Connor does return. But yeah, it's good. It's just great to see, especially on that one card. To see two legends, you know, return to their old self. Yeah, and have a pretty dominant performance getting the, the submission in the second round. Yeah, well, the last fight um, that really impressed me on this card was Roman 
Delatze knocked out Jack Hermanson in the second round. I mean, this was, you know, this guy was incredible. This was a great knockout. Um, this guy looks like he could be a contender at middleweight in the future. Well, it was kind of like a half submission, half knockout, right? He had him in that calf slicer, and he just couldn't go anywhere. And no, yeah, that was one of the most craziest, weirdest, most impressive finishes I've seen to just have a guy where – he can't get out of it. I mean, because yeah. if he, yeah, if he would have moved one way, would have got submitted. If you know, got, I mean, got knocked out. But yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it was, it was pretty wild to see him just have his legs stuck and he could not move, just getting pounded on the ground. I mean, I've really, I haven't seen any finish like that ever before. Yeah, well, Luke, let's move on to UFC 282. And before we get into the fights, as we know, the main event, the original main event, was supposed to be. Um, Yuri Prohoshka, who then was um, the light heavyweight champion, versus Glover Teixeira, a rematch from just a couple months ago. One of the best fights of the year. One of the best fights I've ever seen. Um, that was another late comeback by Yuri. Ended up submitting Glover with a couple seconds left in the fifth round. But um, Yuri suffered one of, supposedly, according to Dana, the UFC, one of the craziest, uh, brutal, like worst shoulder injury that they've ever seen in the sports history. Um, so he's supposed to be out a year to a year and a half. Instead of holding up the division with the and getting an interim champion, he decided to vacate the belt. Great move by him. He said he didn't want to hold up the division. Um, so the UFC offered Glover the title shot. They wanted Glover to fight Maglamed Ankalaev. Um, Glover wanted to fight Jan rather than Magnumen because he fought Jan in the past from familiar matchup less time to prepare which is totally totally reasonable you know I understand Glover that Glover did want you know a month or so to prepare maybe do it at the January pay-per-view against Magnumen and Kalaev because Ankalaev is an incredible fighter as we'll get into um, so now the new main event is Jan Wojovic, the former light heavyweight champion, um, is taking on Magnumet Ankalaev, a matchup that already was set to take place, but now in the main event for the championship. Um, what did you think of all this Glover news, um, Yuri, um, and Yuri vacating the belt? Yeah, I mean, pretty unfortunate because that was, again, an incredible fight. I mean, we've had so many good fights this year. It feels like every month we get a new fight of the year, but... Um, yeah, I mean, that's really unfortunate. I heard that it actually happened in, like, training, I think. He mm -hmm. dislocated his shoulder, and then I think some of his coaches tried to fix it, and they just made it way worse. Yeah, he said he was going to try to fight through this, and he still wanted to keep the fight, but they said it could, like, damage it forever and hurt yeah. his career, so he didn't want to do that. He is a younger guy. He will be back. He's an incredible fighter. Dana said he's still technically, they view him as the champ of that division. He'll get a title shot when he returns. And also, the likely number one contender in the near future is still Glover Teixeira, likely to get the title shot against the winner of Jan uh, versus Magnamend. Um But yeah, we can um, we could start there in the main event. Um, Jan Mohovic versus Magnamend Ankalaev. Ankalaev has been on quite the run. He is the favorite at minus 300 to Jan at plus 240, um, is since he's been in the UFC, he lost his first fight against Paul Craig, but he's been on a 7, 8, 9, 11 fight win streak, I believe. Um, this guy is just incredible. He's destroying everything in his past. Last knocked out Anthony Smith. 
Um, what do you think about this fight? And, you know, the consensus I've been hearing is most people think Ankalaev's going to win. Yeah, I think I'm part of that consensus that thinks he's going to win. But it's a really interesting fight because Jan, you know, he lost his la- or he lost two fights ago to, to Shara in a crazy fight. But other than that, I thought Jan has looked very good, I mean, throughout his career. He he hasn't lost to many people. Um, he's Besides that to share loss, he hasn't lost since, let's see here. Yeah, besides that to share loss, he hasn't lost since 2019 to Thiago Santos and before that, 2017. So, you know, Jan is no joke in that light, light heavyweight division. And, you know, I think Uncle Ives probably on a hotter streak. He's the younger guy. He's the young buck coming in. So it's going to be a tough, it's going to be a tough fight for Jan, but. I don't know. I'm excited for this fight. I think it's going to be a close fight. Yeah, I think people are devaluing the experience that Jan has, especially in championship fights. Um, You know, this will be his fourth championship fight in the light heavyweight division. He has the experience. Um, I just think this line, I think he's too big of an underdog, you know, to be a guy, like I said, who has the experience. Um, You know, he has that Polish power. He's very strong. Um... Yeah, I, I, I'm personally, I think I'm gonna go Jan because of that experience. I think Ankalaev's really good, but I don't, I still don't think he's fought someone of Jan's level, um, up until this point. But as we know, these guys from Dagestan are no joke. Um, they're legit, um, you know, superstars. So we'll see. But I'm gonna go Jan. Who are you gonna go, Luke? I'm going Ankalaev. Um, the Dagestanis seem to be really hot right now, so I'm just going to stay on that train. Yeah, well, let's move to the co-main event of this fight card. It's a great co-main event. It originally wasn't supposed to be the co-main event, but now it is after, um, like I said, Yuri versus Glover being moved off this card. Patty Pimlet, Patty the Batty, is now co-main eventing a pay-per-view for the first time. He's the favorite. Um Minus 240 versus Jared Gordon, plus 200. This is by far his hardest and toughest opponent. Jared Gordon is no joke either. This guy is a really tough fighter. Um, this guy, I, I was watching um, I was watching one of the, you know, kind of preview or the countdown episode of this pay-per-view and just watching it on um, Jared Gordon was pretty crazy. You know, his story over the last decade he said he got arrested like eight to ten times. He said he's overdosed multiple times. The guy's really a warrior. Came back from it all. The guy's on a really good run. But as we know, Patty is one of the biggest rising stars in this sport that we've seen in quite some time. Um, and this is his first fight in the UFC in the United States. Um, so it's kind of on foreign ground for him. But w- what do you think about this fight, Luke? Well, yeah, it's it's a Patty hype train fight. I mean, it's it's another guy where I think it's kind of it's almost a lose lose for Patty because I think he wins this fight and people still aren't going to give him the respect of you know fighting a tough opponent, getting a tough win because you know as as good as Gordon is, I still don't think he carries that uh, like respect for beating him. And if he loses, then everyone's oh, I told you so with Patty. So yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't think. You know, Jared Gordon's a good fighter. He's not a ranked fighter. He's not in the top 15 of the lightweight division. That's just a fact. Um, but, yeah, I still think this is a really good win. In the Coleman event is a big step up. You know, he's been under all the pressure most of his life. 
this is a lot more pressure um, for Patty. Um, but yeah, I think he's shown that in all three of his fights so far in the UFC, he's shown that he can overcome adversity. I mean, even in the last fight against Jordan Levitt, I mean, like when he when Jordan took him down, I mean, there were some people that were saying, oh, is, could this be the end? I mean, this is, you know, how can he respond? And, you know, he responded in a big way, submitted him. Um, all three of his fights so far have been, by the way, a finish. He knocked knockout in his first fight and then two submissions. Um, the guy is no short of excitement, um, fireworks every time he's out there. But I, I just don't I, – I, I do believe in Patty. I don't think that the, the hype train, as you wanted to call it, which it is, I don't think it's going to end here. Um, I hope it doesn't end here because what he's doing is good for the sport. Um, and, you know, I do want to see him against a top – 10 to 15 guy next yeah i'm excited to watch him fight i'm always excited to watch patty fight just because of the excitement that he brings um but yeah i mean i think this is a big step for him if he can win this then he'll finally he should finally get a ranked opponent and hopefully be able to get himself into that top 15 if he can win his next fight too yeah i mean as i mentioned before the ufc is returning to london march 18th for a pay-per-view there, their first pay-per-view, I think over five years, if I'm correct, in London at the O2 Arena. People were hoping it was going to be at Wembley Stadium, but it's not. Um, sadly, I wanted to see that too. That would have been crazy big. But yeah, I hope that Patty will be on that card too. I hope he's against the top 15 guy. Um, and I hope that the next guy we're going to talk about, Darren Till, is on that card too. This is the return of Darren Till. The first time that we're going to see Darren Till since September of 2021 when he lost to Derek Brunson. Um, Patty has been, or Darren, um, my mistake, has been on um, a little bit of a losing streak here. He's on a two-fight losing streak. He's lost four of the last five fights. Um, but as we know, he moved up to middleweight just a couple fights ago. Um, so, yeah, this is kind of a new journey for him as he's figuring out his style. But I, I, I'm just – this might be what I'm looking forward to the most of the whole card. I can't wait to see the gorilla there until back in action. He's fighting um, Duplessis, uh, who's a, a really great uh, young rising fighter. And he's actually favored Duplessis is minus 190 to Darren Till's plus 160 right now. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really tough fight for Till. Uh, Duplessis, I thought he looked really good in his last fight against Tavares. And, uh, you know, coming off a couple losses, it's just, it's a really tough fight for Till, I think. He's kind of getting thrown in right against, you know, one of the top guys in that middleweight division, or one of the rising guys in that middleweight division. Yeah, I mean, people still forget, though, Darren Till's 29 years old, which is crazy. He had, you know, he came in the UFC in his early 20s, went on that great win streak, um, lost in a title fight um, to Woodley. But, I mean, this is I, – I, I still think people aren't giving Darren enough credit. I think he, he still – I mean, he has, you know, a lot of experience in the cage. Duplessis has less experience. Um, and I just think Darren is real. I, I, th I do still believe in him. I still think he's really good. And people want to forget that, I mean, this is the first fight since he – became best friends and has been training with um, Hamza Chemaev. So I, I think Chemaev has brought a different side of, out of him. He looks great in training camp. He looks in the best shape I've seen him in quite some time. Um, but, yeah, Luke, what's your final prediction for this fight? I'm, I'm going to go with Duplessis for that fight. 
<laughs> I thought you were. Um, I'm going to go with Darren Till, who's the underdog right now. He's one of my favorite fighters to watch. He should be exciting. Um, as we know, he always is um, normally. Um, it's great to see him back in front of a big crowd as his last fight was in the Apex. But the first fight of this card is a really good fight. Um, it's in the featherweight division. It's Bryce Mitchell versus Ilya Taporia. Um, Bryce is 15 and one. Ilya is 12 and 0. Um, two guys have nearly unbeaten. I mean, Bryce Mitchell, I mean, has been nearly unbeaten. He lost in the Ultimate Fighter, but he's been undefeated ever since that. Um, in the UFC, he's on a, a couple win streak right here. But w what do you see in this fight, Luke? Yeah, I'm excited for this fight. Bryce Mitchell, obviously a jujitsu guy, jujitsu specialist, but. It's an interesting matchup because you got a guy who's probably more favorable on the ground versus a striker in Taporia. So it's it's an interesting matchup. But um, if we're going for picks here, I'm I'm picking Taporia. This is one that I've went back and forth on. I haven't known who to pick. Uh, it's been it's a it's a, I think it's going to be a really close fight. Um, but I mean, I, I, I just, I, I want, I want Bryce Mitchell to win. I'm rooting for him. I'm going to go Bryce Mitchell. He's an interesting character to say the least. Um, and yeah, I mean, if he wins, I mean, he should be able to get a, a, a contender fight in the near future. The, but Luke, these, um, prelims are quite the prelims. They have a bunch of great fights. We could start off with Chris Curtis, who's actually opening up, um, these prelims, um, against Joaquin Buckley. Curtis is... Uh, it's a close fight by the odds. Curtis plus 140 to Buckley minus 165. Uh, what do you see here? Yeah, I'm really excited for this fight. Buckley is one of my favorite guys to fight or favorite guys to watch to fight. Um, but, yeah, he's he's obviously got that spinning back kick knockout, one of the most famous knockouts in all of UFC probably. Um, but, yeah, this is an interesting matchup. You know, Curtis, who last fought, um, Hermanson and lost that by decision. I remember watching that fight. Horrible he, fight. Yeah, he did not really look too good that whole fight. But I thought he might have taken that on short notice. Yeah, he did. Be, yeah. yeah, he did. And, I mean, Curtis also came in in 2021, came into the UFC, fought twice in a month, um, and then two more times. He's 3-1 and one in the UFC. Um, I think he looked good besides that Hermanson fight. I think that was a little bit also too – Hermanson's fault just because his style that's kind of his style and he dictated the pace but I mean this is this is kind of a I think this is gonna be a really good fight to open up these prelims Buckley I mean as you said I mean the guy has tons of power um he can knock someone out in the blink of an eye um this is really tough um I'm gonna go on this fight I'm gonna go Chris Curtis um I think he's gonna win this fight a bounce back win from the Jack Hermanson loss um what do you think I guess we're just going to disagree all day because I'm going with Buckley on this one. I just I, – I I mean, they're both coming off a loss, so either, I, I, I'm, I see Buckley rebounding. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a close fight. It's going to be a tough fight for both guys. And uh, this is one of my – I'm most excited for this fight out of the whole card or one of them. Yeah, that that is – yeah, for me too, that's a good, exciting fight. Another fight that should be exciting and – Mostly never disappointed is heavyweights fighting, which there is a good heavyweight fight. Jarzinho Rosenstrike is fighting Chris Dawkins. Um, Rosenstrike's a favorite right now. Both guys are coming off losses. Both need a win, just like the last fight. Um, how do you see this one playing out? Yeah, Rosenstrike's always fun to watch. Um, 
you know, obviously another heavyweight with a lot of power. I mean, all the heavyweights got a lot of power, but Rosenstruck's fun to watch. Um, he's coming off two losses, though, against Blades and Volkov. And Daukas, um He's coming off two losses, yeah, too. And they both, so they both lost the Blades. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, I don't know. I mean. I think Rosenstruck's the better striker, the better fighter when he's on. Um, I think this is a step down. Rosenstruck's fought better competition recently and in his career. Um, I'm going to go Rosenstruck here. I think he gets the job done, gets back on track. I think he's he's really powerful. Um, and, you know, I still think he could find his way in a contender fight in the near future. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you there and go with Rosenstrike. Um, but it's kind of a weird fight where both guys don't seem to really be in contention for a title shot right now. Yeah, well, the last fight I wanted to discuss, Luke, is um, a guy that recently um, won on the Dana White Contender Series and he's just 18 years old. Um, that's um, Raul Rosas Jr. He's going against uh, Jay Perrin. He's Rosas is minus 230 um, to plus 190. Uh, Perrin, what, what do you think about this? And what do you think about Rosas being just 18 years old in yeah. the UFC on a pay-per-view? Yeah, well, I thought the line, the betting line for this is actually really interesting to have. The 18 year old minus 230 coming into this fight why did you think he was gonna be an underdog not that i, I mean i mean they definitely i mean they like it's it's i feel like it's any rising kind of guy or star like they do feed guys you know worse competition but yeah yeah i don't know it's just interesting to have a guy have his first ufc fight at age 18 and he's a minus 230 betting favorite but you know i, I just feel like we haven't seen anything from rosas which obviously we haven't you know, yeah he's only first had, fight he's only but. had six fights too i mean yeah i i i'm gonna i think he's gonna win just be i mean i i'd find it hard to believe that they sign him to the ufc they i mean the ufc obviously wants to get behind him he's 18 um he did say he wants to win a championship by the time i think he's 20 yeah. which i don't know how realistic that is but i mean if he comes if he can win a couple in a row you never know i mean if they push him yeah i think he's gonna win yeah, I don't know. It's he's he's kind of interesting because you know obviously you need the confidence to fight at this level, but you know right after he wins his contender series fight, he's calling out Al Jermaine and all the top guys, which you know I guess you got to do that. But it was kind of funny to see a seventeen-year-old at the time doing that. Um, but as far as who I think's gonna win, I think I'm gonna go with Jay Perrin just just because of the experience and the age and the time in the cage that he has. No, yeah, that's totally fair. Um, to see that, um, but yeah, it, it's I, I'm really excited to see him fight. Um, as I've only seen him fight one time, he's really young, big step up in competition, as we know. But Luke, any other final thoughts on this pay per view? No, I, another good pay per view. I mean, we've gotten we've gotten blessed this year with a lot of good cards. So yeah, um, that shouldn't uh, come to an end anytime soon. The next few look really good. But thanks everybody for tuning in to Cage Talk. I'm Ryan Walk. He's Luke Pastor. Um, and we'll have an, ep an episode hopefully in the next couple of weeks. Thanks.